0: On this week's episode of The Fizz, we discuss the Lions' latest hirings in search for their new regime. After that, we list our top five favorite Christmas movies. We talk a little food, recap last week's Lions, Bills, and NFL games. We give you our picks of the week and then close it out with a little over-under. If you are listening on iTunes, don't forget to rate and subscribe. And if on Spotify, please give us a follow. Thanks, y'all, in advance. But now, let's get into the fizz. Fart with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Fart with the hood rats, then pop bottles.
1: Uh-huh. Need with that. with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Fart with the hood rats, then Okay, pop we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look hood like I got on a championship right? Cause I ball, ball hard. Don't just be by harder. I am the bird man. I am the bird
0: man. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of The Fizz. Thank you all for joining us this evening. We have a remote episode this time, so I am just sitting at home in my office and J.U. is in Little Rock, Arkansas. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right.
1: Shout out to the Wyndham
0: Riverfront Hotel. Hell yeah, what a beauty, Beauty. historic hotel. So much has happened in that hotel. History's endless, stories are endless. Um, Lucky you staying in that fancy hotel of yours. Fancy schmancy. Yeah, so we are recording on Zoom. This is our first time doing it. So hopefully um, everything sounds okay and hopefully everything turns out okay. Um, When we logged onto the Zoom, I noticed that J.U. had his background um, of him on the Bills, uh you know shaking off a Jets defender from his playing days in the NFL so I thought I would add a Zoom background and it's me as uh I believe that is my junior year in high school playing ice hockey for the pilots of De La Salle Collegiate out of Warren Michigan so pretty um pretty equal on the athletic scale of accomplishments I think me and JU which I think is what you know makes this podcast so great oh yeah definitely definitely equal so obviously been a week since we we last talked. I'd like to start off with, with you. Good news, bad news. What do you got for me? Oh, uh, you know, this
1: week has been kind of a eh, week, you know, good news is, eh, I don't know. There's nothing really good or nothing really bad that happened this week. You know, I guess each day being alive is good news. Okay.
0: And, Spiritual <laughs> so. podcast. We're getting heavy.
1: <laughs> right? Right? You know, so I guess there's not, you know, for me it's really easy Is there's nothing nothing really good that I can be like, man, this happened to me and nothing bad that's happened to me. So,
0: so far it's meh. All right. Well, ju didn't do his homework for this part of the podcast, which <laughs> which I guess is all right. I did mine, so I'll just take over here. I My good news, my personal good news of the week, and I'm curious to see what you think of this, Jay, you may hate it, you may absolutely hate it, but I've been surprised by your opinions in the past. Um, I've recently discovered new music that I am really into in the form of the new Miley Cyrus album. So I have been listening to the Miley Cyrus album quite a bit.
1: And you know what? I am a huge fan of Miley Cyrus. Let's go. Yes, I'm a huge fan of Miley. So I'm, I'm not going to knock you for it.
0: That's amazing. See, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know you've caught me off guard so many times. Um, I didn't know if you just you'd call me a pussy. I didn't know what was going to happen.
1: Oh, no, no, not at all. I yeah. think Miley's highly, highly talented takes right after her father.
0: Yeah, I, agree. I think Miley rocks. I think she has a very iconic voice. And her new album has like this rock star, this like rock, 80s rock feel to it. I mean, she's even got like Billy Idol on it and Joan Jett. Um, and I really like it. I really like Miley's new album. and I've been listening to it a lot. So that's my good news.
1: Excellent. Well, actually, I did get some good. I do have some good go. news. There we go. I found my new, because I'm usually just a bland, um, like I love vanilla ice cream you know they ask me what, what my favorite flavor of ice cream is it's yeah. vanilla okay so i changed things i switched things up a little bit this week um i got um it's a ice cream that's made in holland michigan actually okay. and it's uh it's toasted coconut vanilla ice cream so it's a vanilla ice cream with toasted coconut like shavings in it and it's absolutely delicious
0: that's your new that's your new shit that's your new yeah, ice cream
1: th- that's my, that's my go-to but if i'm having like pie or something like that i gotta stick with just regular vanilla but if i'm you know sitting in my chair and having some ice cream there it is
0: yeah i wouldn't uh yeah i wouldn't ask you to get too crazy to you know if you're just breaking out of the vanilla phase to start (laughs) to put the coconut vanilla on your pie that that would be that'd be crazy it'd be a crazy leap of faith yeah no no i'm not i'm not there yet yeah okay well that's great news i'm happy to hear that um toasted coconut i like i am a big toasted almond fan like the good humor bars those toasted Mm -hmm. almond ones i like those a lot
1: okay okay i don't like i don't like nuts in food i'll eat like peanuts and cashews and stuff like that but i don't like it in food
0: so you don't like a snickers bar or something or you just mean like in food food but like in food
1: food like i don't like like banana nut bread i won't eat that like i won't eat pecan pie because it's nuts in it you know are you a picky eater I'm, a, I'm not a picky eater. I'm a separate eater. I eat things like one at a time. I don't mix my food.
0: You don't like, like you don't like the shit on the plate touching.
1: Correct. Yes. Got it. And, I, and then I'll eat one thing, finish that, then move on to the next thing. So if I have like potatoes, meat, and something else, I'll eat like all the potatoes and then I'll eat all of the other thing. And then all of the meat, yeah. I don't mix it up.
0: So like a KFC famous bowl is like your fucking nightmare.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not, I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay, but I have to, I, I we have to get to my bad news because I'm, I'm pretty excited to share the bad news. This is bad news though, Jay. We shouldn't be happy about this, but it's bad news. But it's, it's news. Okay, here it is. So basically I found on the internet today that the sport and maybe sport is the wrong term to use here. Uh, the art, I think art would be more appropriate, the art of, uh, iron crotch Kung Fu, the popularity of, popularity of it is declining rapidly. Um, so one of the instructors of iron crotch Kung Fu, I don't know if you guys have ever seen anything like iron crotch Kung Fu, but it's essentially, if you've ever seen any videos of Asian men, uh, take in one off the pills, whether it's a stick, a brick, a punch, um, anything the, that's an actual art in, I, I, I don't even want to, is it China? I, this is ignorant of me. I don't even know. This is their art. And they say it's declining, uh, where they live. And they said the art of it is the breathing. And that's why they're able to get hit in the nuts so hard and it doesn't hurt. So they say it's a form of like defense technique And they used to have about 200 people uh, interested in this and practicing this actively. And now they're down to about 20. So in their village, the sport of iron crotch Kung Fu is declining. Um, You know, people say people aren't playing football anymore. Kids aren't playing sports in general. Well now more bad news. They're not participating in iron crotch Kung Fu.
1: Wow. You just, yeah.
0: It's bad news. I, I don't expect you to, I, I, you know, take that one in, breathe for a second. You don't have yeah, to. Yeah, you know, I'm
1: speechless from it. You know, I'm, I'm in such disbelief and just such depression that Iron Crotch Kung Fu is declining in population.
0: Yeah. So Wang Lei Tu um, is the 65 year old master of this art. Um, and he says when you practice uh, Iron Crotch Kung Fu, as long as you push yourself, you will feel great. Doesn't hurt at all once you get hit. Um, and in their effort to expand the game, grow the game, you know, which we try to do with sports on this podcast, we're trying to grow all games. Um, they've now started to put a metal cap on a giant swinging log and take it off the pills, post on the internet to hope in hopes to get more young people into Iron Crotch Kung Fu.
1: Well, maybe they should offer scholarships for it. Then
0: you'd think maybe (laughs) you could pull some strings at Michigan State and start the Iron Crotch Kung Fu team. I know they just Cut like the swimming and diving team there, so maybe they got room for Iron Crotch Kung Fu. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's that's that. Um, kind of a bummer that you just like that's crazied me. Like I'm like a coworker, you know, having small talk at work. But that's fine. You can that's crazy. <laughs> you want? Let's get into the meat of the podcast. As I got Iron Iron Crotch Kung Fu didn't do it for Ju. So let's move into the sports part of this podcast. That's actually real sports the news, the biggest news out of the Detroit sports world this week. And I am very curious to talk about this with you, J.U., because I think it's pretty like hilarious. I'll get into that in a second. But what I'm trying to get to is the ownership of the Lions, uh, Sheila Hamp, Rod Wood, they have hired a committee to search for the Lions' new regime, GM, head coach. And at the, the front name of that list is Chris Spielman, former Detroit Lion, former Pro Bowler, was on the team in 93 for the Lions' only, only playoff era, uh, Super Bowl era playoff win. Um, And he will be a special assistant to President Rod Wood and Chairman Sheila Ford Hamp. In addition to on this committee is a name we all know, Barry Sanders, uh, Fritz Pollard Alliance Executive Director, Rod Graves, I don't know who that is, and then someone... Who the Michigan State Sparty world is very familiar with, uh, Mark Hollis.
1: Well, so, just they, so you know, when you're when you were running down Chris Spielman's um, accolades, you forgot you know he was in WWE wrestling for a little bit and no, WCW wrestling. So, don't leave out the wrestling fans that listen to the show.
0: Well, thank you for that because I maybe this makes me a bad Lions fan. Um, I didn't know that.
1: Yep, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he said, "What's that?" Did he have a name, nickname? No, it was just Chris Spielman. Okay. His name was enough to carry him, and he was a terrible announcer. Anyways.
0: <laughs> so what is your knee-jerk reaction to hearing this, if anything?
1: Uh, my knee-jerk reaction to this is it's absolutely asinine. It's uh, something that the Fords are shoving down Lions fans' throats that they're actually pretending – to be taking this search serious and these Lions fans um, who like to drink the Kool Aid, as Me, you always put it. Yes. Yeah. And you probably got excited about this because you saw Barry Sanders on this, you saw Chris Spielman on this. Yes. Um, but I'm not a, the only name on here that actually I think it's a good thing is Mark Hollis because he was in a position of hiring coaches in the past at Michigan State as athletic director. He made things happen like the aircraft carrier game. Um, he's a mover and shaker in the sports world. So he's the only name that I take serious on this list of names here. The rest, I think is just fluff for the, for the Lions fans to think that the Ford family actually give a damn about them and they're actually putting some time and effort into this.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a flaming hot take. And here is... Like the, what I I think you're, I think you're half spot on about that. And and also like, uh, not, not off. I think you're correct. I think as lions fans, which is hilarious about this. And what I was kind of saying at the beginning, like you're correct. We're delusional. We're slappy. Like this is like big news that gets people excited that an owner of a team who doesn't know anything about football, hired football people for football to find a football job. Like it's insane. And we're not used to it. We're not used to the owners taking steps towards a hiring process of something that they know nothing about and hiring people who might know something about it.
1: Yeah, I get that. But at the same time too, they're, you say they're owners that know nothing about football, but they're also hiring people that know nothing about hiring administration administrative people at that level like at what what has chris spielman like i understand he played the game of football it's the same thing just because you you're good at the game doesn't mean you're going to be a good coach at it yeah it's it's, exactly it's the same thing magic johnson (laughs) you know yeah he coached for a little bit back in the day and then he was a gm um for the lakers and he wasn't good at it so it's like don't dude just cuz you're drumming up old lions greats doesn't mean that they're that they're the ones for that position you could find a different role for them within the organization you could find chris wilmer he could be the the director of player personnel when young rookies come in he assimilate them to the nfl world and stuff like that that's something that he'll be good at i don't think he's he's a guy that's going to be good at you know, going out there and, you know, searching out for a new GM or a new head coach or anything like that. And no offense to Barry Sanders, it's the same thing with him. Like what qualifications do these two guys have to put them in position to do this? Are the Ford family, now I'm going to ask you a question now, are the Ford family looking for scapegoats?
0: Oh yeah. So I, I am hundred percent. I am 100%. I said this. So what I was going to say in response to you is there is a radio station here called 97 One the ticket. Uh, sorry if you already knew that, but I, I don't know how much you're listening to local radio, but the guy who hosted is Mike Veleni. Um, he's kind of like, He's a huge Michigan State guy. One, yeah, I remember his famous rant after
1: the Notre Dame
0: game. Yeah, it's about you, right? You're at <laughs> yes. yeah, okay, of course. What am I talking about here? Sorry, I'm talking. I'm talking like you don't know this, but anyways, he and uh, Rico on his podcast or like on his show last week, five, like five days ago, just went on this complete rant about how the Houston Texans have a committee uh, of old players and actual management people to find their next regime. And then I just think it's odd five days later, the Lions march in this team to to find their new regime after saying they wouldn't hire anyone or an outside firm to do this. I feel like the Fords do what's popular. They do what will make the most people happy at the time. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now. I'm not saying they listened to a radio station and then decided to do this, but I'm also kind of saying there might've been a lot of whispers around saying, number one, The people don't want you to make this decision because there is zero trust in us making this decision. And I think number two, someone did look at them and say, look, this is a win-win. You hire a committee with popular names on it. Detroit fans are going to get excited. Number two, you're not fully in charge of this search would no one trusts you to do. And number three, if it goes awry, you can point the finger at that committee and say, look, we found football people to find more football people and it didn't work out.
1: Exactly, and it's it's they're just giving the Detroit fans what the Detroit fans crave, and it's also the downfall of Detroit fans. It's that shiny new toy. Okay, oh man, Chris Spielman's coming back. He's going to be in the in the front office, leading the charge, thing changing things. No, he's not. Yeah, and
0: Barry Sanders is going to be Barry Sanders. It's not going to do that. I mean, I, I hope. I mean, I I'm not gonna say like, I'll give them the benefit. Like I'll give them a shot. You know, if they do well, that's awesome. But I agree with you. There are no credentials for this. There's no history for this. These are names being brought in for headlines to make it look like Sheila's making moves. And like, it's funny to me, like if you look at the Detroit Red Wings, the Pistons or the Tigers, like you could look back in history and build a very like strong look back regime. Like you could bring in Chauncey Billups, Isaiah Thomas for the Pistons, like Rip Hamilton, like you could bring all those names in. And there's just like storied history with these organizations. The Red Wings is literally endless. The Tigers have won. The Pistons had their two uh, mini dynasties that they had. Well, I don't want to call them dynasties, but like they're, they're, they were running the NBA for a little bit royalty. And the lions simply have Barry Sanders, and like, now we're bringing in Chris Spielman, who is like, he, he was good. He was great in his time here, but he is like, that's like who you think of next outside of Calvin Johnson, which is a total broken relationship. And right. it, it's just funny to me that like, these are the guys that we have to bring in to like, there's not a storied history here. So exactly. like, this you, is literally the gangs back together as best as it can be.
1: Exactly. But you know, you mentioned the the Pistons and Chauncey Billups and you mentioned, uh, the 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 tigers and the red wings and so bringing those guys in those former players you know that that can come in and have success in that because it's totally different Fo- uh, football is totally different from basketball baseball hockey and everything that a uh, former player can have success at that level in scouting different things like that and you know mentoring these guys because it's less players Mm -hmm. on basketball it's what 15 guys on the team football there's 60 something guys you know and and, at some point in time in early training camp it's a hundred guys that you know you have to do and chris spielman you know he he's good at his position he can scout his position but doesn't mean he can scout a good lineman Mm -hmm. same thing with barry sanders can he scout a good quarterback You know, does he have an eye for that? What's his throw motion? Like, we can all sit and watch someone and say, oh, that's a bad throw motion or that's a good throw motion, but how do we fix it? So that's why I think it's such a different dynamic from those sports to this. And I think it's a big mistake that, like, I'm going to keep emphasizing this, the only Good name on this list is Mark Hollis because he's an outside the box thinker and that's what Detroit needs. They need something outside the box. They need something that might at the time not make the fans happy, but in two years, three years, the fans are going to look back and say, damn, I was not for that hire, but I think it was a very good hire. It's like back in the day when your parents told you, no, you can't use the car to go to a party and at the time you're pissed off at them but then you go to school on Monday you're like yeah the cops came and busted the party and then you're like damn those are good decisions that my parents made by not letting me go to it so that's what the Ford family need to do they need to think outside the box and they need to to uh sometimes make the difficult decision that won't make the fans happy all the time
0: yeah, Amen, and I mean, I just they don't they don't know how to do this. They've never done well at this at all. And like, what I want to tell you though is like, you're absolutely right. They do love making the popular decision. And what is sickening about us as fans, as Lions fans, is like this is something that gets people excited. Like, I'm gonna read you some text uh, from someone I got. Love the Spielman hire to assist. Actually, puts football knowledge in the front office and someone with sentimental ties to the city and franchise. That's all it takes. <laughs> to get us back on board like I am telling you like this is the biggest most exciting so a lot of people have said this is not a new take this is not an original take a lot of people say Detroit is, a, is, is not hockey town uh, I it would always be hockey town to me and uh, and thousands of others across the state but like people say this is football town like if if the Lions were to actually have success like the city would burned down and it's hard to disagree with because all they've done is lose and they still gain more money and fill more seats than all the other three teams combined so this town is just like dying for a winner um to your point you may you've made about spielman this whole time the article on espn that did the write-up on this um it's michael what's his face Rothstein. he's like the michigan writer for espn so this is like his little paragraph on it which i just thought goes right with what you were saying, like the 55 year old Spielman admitted Tuesday, he is not qualified to be a general manager in the NFL, and that it wouldn't be fair to him to be in that role. But he has been around football for three decades, and traveling to see teams every year as part of his broadcasting role. He has been taking notes in journals and having conversations about what he believes good franchises have. And those are his credentials.
1: See, that's the same thing. And that's like, saying like you and I were talking a little bit before we jumped on the air, like you said, Jerry knows the 17 year old Russian hockey player. Wow. All right. So now do we bring Jerry into the wings and say, Hey, you know, you're going to be a consultant to the GM. He's qualified to do it. Cause he knows all this, all the all the stats of all the up and coming players and right. stuff like that. So like, I think it's, that's, you know, he's been around the game. Yeah, there's a lot of people that's been around the game before. And it's not. Look at, look, and to get a GM, look at uh, uh, Bill O'Brien when he was the head coach and GM and he made terrible, terrible, he set the Houston Texan franchise back another four years with the moves that he made this year. He has a great quarterback in Deshaun Watson and he set them back. So just because someone's around the, the, around the game and they're good at certain aspect of the game does not mean that they're good at, you know, picking the next GM or picking the next head coach.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to give them a chance. And I am, I don't know if the word is excited, but I'm at least happy they hired other people other than Rod Wood and Sheila Ford Hamp to make this decision. So I will at least say it's a step in the right direction. Um, And whether Spielman and Sanders are just names on a list to get people excited and Hollis and this other guy, the, uh, I don't know. Fritz Pollard. Yeah. Right. Fritz Pollard Alliance, uh, Rod Graves, the Rod Graves guy, maybe he's, Mm -hmm. maybe these are the guys. So we'll see. But the the big takeaways to me are it's funny what gets Lions fans um, excited. And number two um, I think this was another popular move by the Ford company and, or by, by the Ford ownership uh, and it deflects blame if anything goes wrong too. Exactly.
1: And like I said, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to continue to, you know, go on with it and say the, the only smart name on this is Mark Hollis. And I hope they take what he says into consideration and listen to what he has to say, because I think he's a like, I stated before, he's an outside the box thinker. He gets it. He's been there. He's done that. And um, you know, he's the guy that should be, you know, making those decisions.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you're not going to have to sell me on Mark Hollis whatsoever. I'm a huge Mark Hollis fan. I mean, he oversaw my four years at Michigan state and which were some of the most successful football basketball athletic years that were there and he came and spoke at a class we had and I just I just loved him he was one of my favorite guys there yep definitely okay now that we have discussed what the Lions are going to do to hire their new regime uh let's get into a little more of a seasonal topic here um even though it is football season so I guess they both apply but we'll lighten it up a bit um you know right now it's that time of year uh, jingle bells are jingling. Everything's going on. Everyone's got that warm and fuzzy feeling around the Christmas tree. You know, I know there's a lot of other religions around here, but hey, hey, Christmas dominates this season. That's just fact. So, Ju and I wanted to discuss what our top five Christmas movies are. Oh yeah. So, so Jay, I think I think we might have touched on this last week. Like, how do you feel about the holiday season? Do you get like you know scale of one to ten? How excited are you for? you know, Christmas and this time of year?
1: I love it. I love Christmas season. Um, but like we talked about last last uh, last week that, you know, Christmas doesn't start till Thanksgiving ends. So uh, I'm not one of those people that, you know, just want to be Christmas in the month of November and everything like that. But yeah, I like the Christmas season. I like, you know, everyone seeing people happy. And, you know, I like the corny shit about Christmas. Like, you know, I don't eat chocolate, but like, you know, sitting with a big mug and drinking hot chocolate with with marshmallows in there, you know, decorating a Christmas tree. I like that. And, you know, there's just something that about Christmas that just gives you kind of like it really gives you the fuzzies.
0: Yes, the fuzzies. A fuzzies. Yeah. That's the word. You're, yeah. yeah. You, I mean, you were, you, as soon as you started that sentence, I knew we were going to end it with the word fuzzies. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I feel the same way. I mean, it's just like, you know, if you say you hate Christmas, like you really do have a, you know, a bug up your ass. Uh, there's things I don't like about Christmas for sure. And I'm right on board with you. Like I, I Thanksgiving has to happen before Christmas starts for me and really like, even first week of December. I need to see December on the calendar before I get real excited about Christmas. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like all the stuff about it. You know, I like how work winds down and, uh, you know, you just, we had, we had a snowfall today. I had the fire going. It was real nice. We got the Christmas tree up real Christmas tree. Uh, and yeah, no, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I think you know, there's, there's things that do suck about Christmas. There's a little bit, you know, this year, not so much just because the pandemic, but you know, all the runaround, all the hectic, all the, you know, anxiety about buying gifts uh, that some people get or put on you, um, you know, how much you got to spend that stuff's not fun. I don't like when it gets too intense like that. You know, I like more of just, you know, the good old wholesome magic of Christmas.
1: Right. And, you know, one thing that's, you know, definitely underrated about Christmas is the cookies. You oh, know? It, Yeah christmas cookies hands down
0: yeah i just love i also love those like sugar cookies that are like the the pillsbury just break and bake kind of deals that have a tree on them it's the same right yeah they have a pumpkin on them for halloween and a heart for valentine's day it's the same cookie but it's just better around christmas exactly all right so let's we did our top five christmas movies of all time let's both start with number five on a snake draft uh do you want to go first or second
1: I'll go first. It doesn't matter.
0: All right, let's do it. Lead it off. First, uh,
1: number number five for me would be Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer Claymation. Edition. Wow. Yes. That,
0: that's a hot out of the gate, and I love that out of you. <laughs> I mean that yes. that animation just makes it feel like Christmas. Exactly. That's a great pick. I love that. I love that. You're kind of making me want to change what I have now <laughs> because I have like I didn't even I mean, a little bit, I thought of like my childhood ones, but um, whatever, I'm going to stick with what I got, but I love that out of you. Um, So number five, not a classic, not a classic. I have a lot of classics on here, but this is like a newer one that I like when it's on TV around this time. Um, It's Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. Have you seen that one?
1: I have not seen that. I've heard of it, but I have not seen that one.
0: It's pretty good. It's It's pure Vince Vaughn. You know, Vince Vaughn (laughs) plays the same guy in every movie he's in. He's just Vince Vaughn. Right. And Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn are just uh, funny people. John Favreau's in it. I think. Yeah. He's like a brother of of Vince Vaughn's. It's good. It's a funny one.
1: See, that's something now it's on my, it's on my list to check out now. So I'm going to check it out this week.
0: And you won't even have to like start. You'll find it on TV. It's one of those (laughs) that's just kind of always on.
1: Perfect. All right. Number four. Uh, do you want to go? or you Oh, want yeah. Yeah. Go?
0: It's, yeah. It's snake. That's right. It's yeah. snake. So you went, I went, I go again. So number four on my list, and it was one I kind of forgot about. I was like searching old or searching movies. And then I forgot about this one. Me and my dad used to really like this one. Uh, Scrooged with Bill Murray. Have you mm-hmm. seen that one?
1: Yes, I have seen that one.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. That's a classic funny one. Bill Murray is just like a very funny guy. And he plays such a prick in that movie. Uh, and <laughs> it's just the modern day Scrooge.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's a that's definitely a good pick. And uh, I'm going to be a- along the lines with you on that. Right. Um, number four for me is A Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just a classic. And it's
0: it's, a, it's such a classic and then at the end you get the fuzzies. Yeah, the fuzzies. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Man, you're really hitting in the feels. I definitely went another direction, uh but Christmas movie's nonetheless. So yeah, Exactly. All right, number you're on your number 3 now, right? So it's Yes. You. Number 3 for me is I know this is a popular one, but
1: you know, I I it's very good to me. Elf.
0: Oh, hey, you know what? Let's just swing it back this way. My number 3 <laughs> is also Elf.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Look at that. Such a great movie. Such a great movie.
0: It's so good. And it's one of those movies where I always like wonder like, you know, big actor in it, you know, Will Ferrell, like he reads this script beforehand. And like, I just wonder if he read this and was like, this might suck. This might suck. And it turned like when I saw the previews for it and everything, I thought it was going to suck. It's my wife's favorite Christmas movie, or at least up there. And we watch it every year. And it's, I mean, it's just really, I, I love it.
1: Yeah, it's such a, it's such a classic movie you know, it, it just teaches you, you can never be too old to enjoy the holiday season and to enjoy Santa.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'd say my couple of my, couple of my favorite scenes from it is, uh, is the snowball fight when he just, he's sick at snowballing. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Number two is when, uh, I forgot her name, but the girl in it, she catches him in the bathroom while she's showering there. And he freaks out and he runs into the locker. I don't know why I thought that was very funny. And then my number one is when he answers the phone and he goes, Buddy Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color?
1: Yeah, those are all classic scenes from that movie. But yeah, definitely, definitely a a very good movie. Definitely worthy of being top five.
0: Absolutely. So uh, back to me now, number two, not, I don't think this is on a lot of people's lists. It's definitely not too much of the warm and fuzzy type but I don't care. I think this movie is, is, it rocks, is, is bad Santa. Number two, bad Santa, Billy Bob Thornton. That movie's hilarious.
1: <laughs> that is a great movie. That's a great pick. And uh, you know, that, that's something that's looking back at it, you know, that that'll be in my honorable mentions. That'll be yeah. definitely my honorable <laughs> mentions. Uh, so number two, for me, this for me is a classic uh, home alone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause what kid did not want to be Kevin McAllister? Right. Who didn't?
0: And who didn't want to live in that house?
1: Right. You see all the memes. What did Kevin McAllister's dad do for a living? School <laughs> yeah. for 10 first class tickets to Paris in a house I like know. that. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. Well, I think my, one of the hottest moves, I mean, there's so many great moves by, um, um, I'm blanking on his name. What am I trying to say? Macaulay Culkin. Thank you. Macaulay Culkin. A lot of hot moves, um, in that movie, but I love when he gets the cardboard figures before they even break into the house and he throws the big party and he's got to. Move. Right. I thought that was just genius.
1: Exactly. Like I said, like, that's every kid's dream right there.
0: Um, okay. And then, so you just did number two. I did number Oh, it's your number one now, Snake.
1: Okay. Yep. So my number one movie, and in the Colcrick house, this is a tradition. We watch this movie every single Christmas or Christmas Eve, a Christmas story.
0: Oh, yeah. That's like the OG.
1: Yeah, exactly. That is that is a classic and in the Coltrick house, a, a Christmas season does not pass without seeing a Christmas story.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And you had a very traditional list there. Very traditional. Uh, yeah, that's that's like all the movies. Those are like the first Christmas movies you see. Those, that, those are it. Like if you've never, never seen a Christmas movie, those are the ones you got to see. Yeah. So for me, this is an unpopular opinion. Um, a lot of people did not like this movie, uh, and I really did. I thought he killed it, and I thought it was hilarious, and I love it. Um, and it's the Grinch with Jim Carrey. The live-action movie is my number one overall. Christmas oh,
1: movie. that's a that's a great movie. I'm with you on that, but it's not my number one. Once again, it will be in my might be in my top ten, but uh, that's definitely a, a good. And I think you're right. Jim Carrey did kill it with that movie.
0: You know, I was a little guy when I saw it uh, and I just laughed so hard. And because I thought, I think Jim Carrey is so funny and him as a real Grinch, I thought he killed it. I think a lot of people don't like that movie. I normally get a negative reaction when I talk about it, but I will always stand by that because I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) Stand by it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And and, uh, so while we're on this Christmas movie topic, just a a quick thing. And this has been a debate for years now and I want to get your take on it. Uh-huh. Is Die Hard a Christmas
0: movie? So here's the deal. I may like this is this is on me. This is bad news bears. This I don't know much about Die Hard. I think I've seen Die Hard one time, and it was a long time ago. Like like falling asleep in and out on the couch watching yeah. it with my dad. Me and my dad used to watch a lot of movies. But my take on this is any movie that you watch during the holidays or that comes on during the holidays that you. have want to call a christmas movie is is just fine with me like i i think that's if it's a movie that you watch during the holidays it's it's a christmas movie
1: ah uh, so you took the easy way out there i want to know is it a christmas movie i think it's not a christmas movie it's a, Is it you know like what was so christmasy it took place <laughs> they had a christmas party yeah you know but like i don't think it was like you know i i, I didn't get the fuzzies
0: yeah 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 no that's fair that's that's absolutely fair uh i just was kind of saying you know if there's a movie you watch around a holiday every year like you can deem it that movie i'm not going to be i'm not going to be martial law on whether people want to to christmas movie or not and you know if christmas is warm and fuzzy and that movie you know gets gets your, your jimmies rustled over christmas coming to town you know who am i to say you can't watch it or you can't consider it a christmas movie
1: well, yeah, you can still watch it, but you'll still you'll just be judged for decategorizing <laughs> <By> <it. laughs> a movie that is not a Christmas movie.
0: A uh, couple other ones just kind of in my honorable mentions, like the the original Grinch, the original animated Grinch. Uh, you know, you're a mean one. That one, <laughs> that one's a great fucking movie. I'm kind of looking through a list here now. I've had a couple others on my uh honorable mention, but the animated Grinch I did love. I was trying to think of anyone else, but those are those are what, what I got.
1: There you go. There you have it.
0: Okay, so now that we have tackled the uh, very, very important issue of the top five Christmas movies that are out there, I need to get into this grid that J.U. sent me over the weekend, and it was put in my group chat, and it's been going around the Internet. Um, and these were very popular during the heat of the pandemic, you know, eliminate one from your life, eliminate two from your life, choose two, the rest die. Uh, and it's just these lists of normally food, music, entertainment, things that people enjoy and what you can live without and what you can't live without. And I think I've run into one of the toughest tests that we've ever seen on the internet and it is remove two from your life forever. Okay. If you guys are following along, listening, I know I got to do this visually for you or, you know, like got to explain it out to you. Remove two from your life forever. There's nine things on this list and they include beer, pizza, wings, pasta, burgers, liquor, wine, tacos, fries. And then they ask you to remove two of those things from your life forever. One more time for those listening at home, beer, pizza, wings, pasta, burgers, liquor, wine, tacos fries you got to end one for the rest of your life i struggle with this ju how about you i
1: struggled at first when i first took a glance at it i I struggled and then when i really started to dissect each one Mm -hmm. i was like well you know yeah this one this one and i came down to i came down to two that i can remove
0: okay i i have thought about it a lot more and uh i think i am there as well uh i I will say, just blanket this list, this grid of of nine things, it's hard to find me consuming anything else. This is pretty much this is the top, this is it for me. This covers pretty much well, all. for
1: a lot of for a lot of people, these are staples.
0: Yeah, you know. And this is America. This is Americano right here. Exactly. Toss on a glass of water and like that's that's it. You know, that's that's like what I consume. So what what, are the, what is the first thing, the easiest thing for you to knock off this list?
1: Uh, for me, the easiest thing would be tacos. You're not a big taco guy? No. Once in a while, like probably in – I can probably count on both my hands the, the amount of times I've eaten tacos in the last three years. So, really? Yeah.
0: Because I know – insider information that the last two fizzes we've recorded, you have stopped it at Taco Bell. Like, I have
1: stopped at Taco Bell, but I have not got tacos, but I've stopped at Taco Bell. But uh what, yeah, have, you what, what
0: have you gotten from Taco Bell? Uh the quesadilla. Okay. That's not a taco.
1: Uh, th- that's a staple that I always get. And then I get those um those um, cinnamon twists? No, those are too <laughs> airy and puffy for me. <laughs> I get like those um they're like those rolled up burrito like grillers or whatever that they call them there okay like crunchy whatever thing okay. there that they have there okay. i'm sorry taco bell you know i don't know your menu items off the top of my head taco you, Frank.
0: yeah t- i do i know <laughs> taco bell is definitely listening to this podcast too so <laughs> we just blew that fucking sponsorship i know right Damn um so tacos for you okay so um wow all right. Tacos for you. So I definitely still struggle with this like very hard, but I think the one I would get rid of uh, first, and it's not because I want to at all, um, but it's because it could be the most easily substituted with meals is, is fries. I think Oh my I would, God. I think I would give up fries first. Uh, I could not give up fries. The only reason I say that is because you can, like sub it out with like tater tots and it's still like a potato of a side of some sort
1: well you know the this is going to be jumping a little off but the potato is actually one of the most underrated things you could ever have
0: because it
1: it can be a classic a very classy you go to a classy restaurant you can have mashed potatoes you know you can have that you can go to a dive bar yeah you can have baked potato you can have french fries you can have tater tots you can
0: put potatoes highly underrated and that's and that's kind of why that got me to this conclusion of the fries is because you can turn the potato into something else besides fries that are similar to it like a tater tot's not a fry technically but i mean it's still just like a a fucking potato like deep fried (laughs) that's true could be cheating you know toeing the line there you know that's tough but like yeah i mean no more mcdonald's fries like You know, I mean, yeah, McDonald's is not offering a fucking is not offering me tater tots, you know, or onion rings is like another substitute, which aren't fries. I understand. But like, I'm just, I was trying to think along the lines of like, the fries are probably the most easily substituted item. Right. And it's not a main item. A lot of the other things on here are are usually the main course. Right besides the with besides the booze which realistically I didn't even consider knocking off the list. Oh yeah, no,
1: not at all. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I went with tacos. Yep. And you went with fries. Yep. For for my second item that can go, I would have to say pasta. Pasta? Yes. You're not a big pasta guy? I like pasta, but I'm not like, man, I could really go for some pasta right now.
0: So pasta was always like deemed like, you know, the big carbo load night before meal, before hockey. Like what did you eat the night before, you know, football games?
1: Um, well, th- uh, in college they had, you know, it was great, everywhere, you know, it was great pre-game meals. So in college you have like filets, chicken breast, lasagna, um baked potatoes so those were like the staples every pre-game um every night before games you have those um so yeah th- those were yeah but i never you know i like lasagna yeah i'll eat lasagna here and there you know it with some ranch dressing that's I'm nuts. Sorry. i'm sorry what? all the yeah oh yeah man
0: you put you, ranch on lasagna yeah you never put ranch on like your pasta too no okay. no <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Why did you put ranch on your fucking pasta? I've never heard of that in my life. Yeah,
1: you I guarantee you if you call, if you take a poll, look, well, I this started in college. I'm fucking if, freaking if you, out. If you take a poll at Michigan State football, maybe even basketball, I will guarantee that Oh. 85 to wow. 90% of people put ranch on their lasagna. Jay,
0: Jay, I'm not gonna lie. That's one of the most fucked up things I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> so like, whoa. Um, yeah, I'm rattled. I'm fucking knocked off my, I'm knocked off my game right now. I have never heard that in my life. Literally. I can't even like picture it really. I and I was going to say to you, I can't give up pasta. I would never give up pasta. I'm half Italian. I'm, I'm an American. Okay. Like I, you know, I'm not going to say like, you know, I know how to speak Italian or anything like that, but my mom makes very, my favorite thing my mom ever made is her pasta sauce. It's like a family recipe passed down, whatever. And it rocks. And I love do you guys pasta. call it.
1: Do you, do you call it pasta sauce or you just call it sauce?
0: No, oh, I call it pasta sauce. Like yeah. I, I'm a very, I'm a very American Italian. Like I'm not going to sit, you know, I'm not fucking, I'm doing the hand motion. Everyone knows the hand motion. I'm, I, don't, I don't, I don't do this. Uh, but then, then does life.
1: she, does she put sugar in her pasta sauce?
0: That's the thing. I don't know the recipe. Um, okay. I am now married and she has to teach my wife the recipe and I want to learn with it. So I will know hopefully soon, but we haven't set up a time to do that yet. Um, so... I have to learn the recipe. There might be sugar in it. I'm not sure, but it's a meat sauce and it rocks. Um, and I would never, ever, ever put ranch on that sweet, sweet sauce because that would be disrespectful. I think I'm telling you the next time you have lasagna,
1: the next time you have lasagna, just, just drizzle a little bit of ranch on it and just, just allow your palates to do the work.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to faint. Okay. I'll give it a shot though. Um, well, here, actually, I'm gonna make you faint now because you just made me faint with Don't that. Don't you dare! And I'm gonna do Don't it. Don't you I, I dare would get do rid What of, I think you're gonna do? I, I'm doing it, Jay. I would get rid of wings. You
1: guy, <laughs> you guy, you can't, you can't go to Buffalo with me. What? What the hell? You, how can you get rid of wings?
0: I don't. I'm not actually getting rid of anything. We're in a we're in a, a fake conversation. I you know, get it, but it, but it that
1: just that hit me real. That feels real to me.
0: Yeah, and you're you're peeing on my mom's. You're peeing in my mom's sauce. Okay, <laughs> that's what you're doing. You're you're peeing in it from my ancestors, my grandpapa. You, know, you know, like you're you're just ruining my family sauce by putting ranch on your pasta. And to be honest, I might've said wings first, but I wanted, I, I, did, I was nervous. I almost changed cause I didn't want you. I'm glad we didn't do this one in person. Cause I thought you might hit me.
1: I might have, if we were in person, I, I, <laughs> I, it would have been just reflexes. It wouldn't have been anything against you. It would have just been reflexes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So I was nervous to say that too. I don't want to get rid of any of these things. And now I feel bad even like speaking these out loud cause there are, there are no right answers here. Like absolutely no right answers. Um, I considered, I'd say like, I considered in the range of like burger, burger was kind of, you know, creeping in maybe tacos and then like maybe wine, but like, no, like, no, not at all.
1: You know what I want to see is I want to see a WWJD. What would Jerry do?
0: What would Jerry do? I'll tell you one thing (laughs) Jerry would, would never do is put ranch on his fucking pasta because that guy is more Dago than I am.
1: Well, have you, have you put, you put ranch on your pizza?
0: I've tried it. Yeah. But I don't do that. I don't, I, but I'm not against it. I'm also not like a purist Mm -hmm. where I won't do it, but yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like it is sauce, cheese, and like a breadish type deal. So, okay, fair. It still just terrifies me to like, think of that. (laughs) Jerry would not get rid of pasta. I don't know what Jerry would get rid of. He, he likes eating. He likes eating. And I know, I, I know
1: Jerry would not get rid of wings.
0: No, I don't think he would either. I don't think he would either. I think he likes wings a lot. I think he might go with tacos. He might get rid of tacos. and he, uh... It wouldn't be pasta. He might go tacos and fries or burgers. That would be my guess for Jerry. But uh, definitely, I don't think he'd get rid of wings at all because one of his favorite foods, oh my God. I I just realized what I just walked into saying. But one of his favorite things is, is like buffalo chicken. <laughs> he loves buffalo chicken sliders
1: see J- jerry's gonna fit right in with bill's mafia
0: yeah well maybe i should just sit out and you and jerry can do this one.
1: <laughs> oh, that's too funny
0: all right well now that ju and i learned a little bit more about each other uh in that last <laughs> segment that was tough that was a trying time i think that was the most contentious it's ever got um you know got rid of one of his favorites. He's pouring, he's pouring ranch on his pasta. I don't know. A lot of, a lot of different things, you know, once this pandemic cools down, I got to take a trip to Buffalo. And I guess, I guess I gotta, I gotta learn, I gotta learn a little more. So what I want to do now is we want to take a look back at week 13. uh, The picks me and Ju had, he was on fire. I was not. Um, And uh, briefly touch on next week's picks. And then we can close the show out with a little over under. But first, I will start with uh, the Lions here uh, because they are the least exciting team we talk about uh, on this podcast. And last week, I said Lions were going to get absolutely killed. On the show, I said they would lose 34-17. to 17. And then when I did my write-up on Sunday, I forgot what score I predicted. And I think I predicted the new final to be, you know, 41 31 or something. I had the Lions getting killed and giving up a ton of points. Turns out they actually fought back a little more, like Jay you thought. what do you think of uh, the Lions performance on Sunday, Jay? Uh, you know,
1: I I think it was it was uh they gave it the good old college try, as they, yeah. as they would say. Um, but they're just they're not there. You know, they're they're just not there yet. And um it showed on the field, but you know, they it they, they showed that they're fighting for you know this uh, for Coach Bevel. So you know, it was, it was, it was a decent game.
0: Right. I mean, that is just the full reaction. There's not much to say here. I don't think, um, you know, anyone who's, uh, has a shred of realism in them actually believe the lions were going to win that game. Um, as, as awful as that sounds, but Daryl Bevel, you can tell the guys do like playing for him a lot more. There's a lot more fight in them. Um, and you know, it's just, I don't, the word sad is not correct. Um, You know, Matthew Stafford, as I've said, I love him. He's my favorite uh, Detroit lion possibly ever. Uh, But, you know, all the announcers kept saying on Sunday was, You know, Matthew Stafford is just tough as nails. He's just tough as nails. He's just tough as nails. And you got to commend him. You got to commend him. And, you know, it's super nice and it's super true. Um, But at the end of the day, you you know, you had Rodgers on the other side of things who was just kicking the shit out of him, you know, for the 100th time in his career. And, you know, that's, that's just all the announcers could find to say about Matthew Stafford and Detroit Lions. And he's hurt again for, you know, the umpteenth year in a row. And you just, you got to, it's starting to creep in whether you think he's going to, whether he might've played his last game as a lion.
1: Well, maybe the the Ford family should put him on the search committee.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you one <laughs> thing. I mean, he, he's going to be the face of the franchise whenever, you know, if he decides to work with the program or the organization at all, after he leaves, I mean, he's our shining star.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. He's going to head back to Georgia.
0: Yeah, he's a Southern boy. I think he's going to get get the hell out of there, if I'm being yeah. honest. Um, but, J.U., you picked the score to be 34-27 in the, fi- in the favor of the Packers, and the final score was 34-24. So, nice job there, my friend.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's very nice work. So, Lions dropped to – they got eight losses now, right? And we're going into week 14. Uh, I struggle with math. So, what are they, five and eight? Yep. Yeah, there you go, five and eight. Um, the season's pretty much done. I hope Stafford – you know, is not too hurt, but I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of Chase Daniel to close the year.
1: <laughs> Good old Chase Daniel. Yeah. Gotta love him sticking around.
0: I know. Right. So hopefully you don't have Stafford for your fantasy playoffs. Um, I have Hawkinson. So I'm hoping, I mean, normally when you get a backup in, you get a lot of checkdowns. So hopefully right. tight ends the guy.
1: And Hawkinson's a stud.
0: Hawkinson is a stud. I don't think he was an eighth overall pick and a need we had, especially after Jesse James signing and the other tight ends we've had, but he is a stud for sure. Um, Okay. So let's go to the more exciting team. Uh, Your boys, your boys, I picked to lose. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills here. If uh, you're not following along at home, but I picked the Buffalo Bills to lose to the Steelers at home. Uh, That was Sunday night football, right? Yep, prime time under the lights. That was two weeks in a row with primetime, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's what happens when you're a good team. So the Bills win in convincing fashion 26 fifteen. Uh, and I think the biggest story here was, you know, pretty quiet game for the first two halves, pretty much of a defensive struggle. Big Ben throws a very untimely lazy pick six at the end of half. And then the bills just storm out our boy Dable comes out, adjusts and puts up a quick 20 points on the number one D in the, in the NFL.
1: Exactly. Uh, he came out, um, made great adjustments at halftime. Um, you know, Pittsburgh started, you know, they were just bringing the house. They were bringing pressure, bringing pressure, bringing pressure all the time. And, uh, you know, you uh, Dave's made, a. he made some great Dave. adjustments in there, got the, got the ball out of Allen's hands faster, did a lot of checkdowns. If you're going to send, if you're going to send a guy off the edge, I'm just going to, you know what I'm going to, I'm going to free release my tight end and I'm going to dump it to him for 11 yard gain. That's a first down, keep the chains moving, keep the clock moving, keep the Steelers, uh, big Ben and his studs wide receivers on the sidelines mm-hmm. even longer. I think it was a tr- tremendous game plan by the bills offensively and defensively and um you know watching that game i was super super excited that the bills won i was super excited that the, the the adjustments that the coaching staff made you know in that game but the thing that's in the back of my head that was sad is that the bills will be losing a very very good coordinator at the end of this season
0: yeah, that's without a doubt. And I mean, I'm, say, I'm going to say it every week, every time he comes up, every time we talk bills, I want Brian Dable. I mean, he rocks. This guy rocks. And he looks Detroit. He looks gritty Detroit. And I actually talked about this in my group chat, okay? Dable is a big guy, not that great of a looking guy, you know, not that good of a looking guy, not even that well put together. This is not dogging your guy. I mean, I have a point here. Patricia was the ultimate slob. You know, he, he's a very, very large guy, dirty beard, but there's a difference between them. Patricia is like your, he's like, he's like beat World of Warcraft lazy. He has like flaming hot Cheetos in his beard, his hands are soft, you know, a lot of lotion. He doesn't know how to pour concrete. That's what he looks like to me. He he like tells you why he prefers the PS5 controller over the Xbox controller. Brian Dable, <laughs> Brian Dable, more. More gritty, big and sloppy looking. That guy knows how to help me pour cement. He's gonna help me fix my fence. He's gritty, his hands are rock solid. That guy knows how to get in the trenches. There's a difference between their large, unsightly
1: looks. You know why Dable like that, right?
0: Because he's from Buffalo.
1: Yes, he's a Western New York guy through and through. He's yeah, been I know through that the hardships. He's shoveled he's shoveled three feet of snow every single winter. He's done that. His wife's from Western New York. His family still lives in Western New York. And the guy has Super Bowl rings on his fingers. He has won Super Bowls, multiple Super Bowls.
0: And so did Patricia, but so because I, I just know that's the argument the other way. But I don't even think anybody's making it. The guy's won Super Bowls. He's won national championships, and he's worked with young quarterbacks and made them great. And that guy has like no idea what a euro cut is for your suit pants. Have you seen that guy's khakis? They like cover. <laughs> they like they like cover his shoes. Exactly, because he's guy, a hard nosed guy. Yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't care what his khakis look like. He just wants to win football games. Exactly. That guy rocks.
1: And, and that's what Detroit needs. And I'm telling you, it's gonna be a huge mistake if Detroit does not hire this guy. And I'm gonna be absolutely rooting against the Lions in every single game possible if they do not hire Brian Dayball as the new head
0: coach. I'm gonna be honest with you, they're not gonna hire him. I want them to hire him. That's all I want. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I sit here and I am wrong, but I don't think they're gonna hire him. I think you're I don't,
1: going to be- I don't think they will either because they cuz they're getting letters written in for um, Robert Sala. And don't get me wrong, Robert Sala's a good he's a good coach too. Um, you know, I had he was at Michigan State when I was there, so I I know him a little bit and I he's a good coach. He's learned from, you know, a lot of good people, but he's not the guy for this. He you Detroit needs some offensive firepower. Yep. They need some innovation. They need, you know, something that's going to still be that Shiny new toy for the Lions fans, excite them with points, and then Dable can bring in a very good coordinator that can, you know, say, Hey, you know, our offense is going to go and light the scoreboard up. You guys don't let up enough points, and we'll win games.
0: I agree. I want an offensive guy, and what you know, I mean, Stafford's not going to be here forever. Uh, that's just the case, you know, and he'll be great with a young quarterback. I want him. And one thing I get excited about is just the adjustments he makes at half. One of Jim Caldwell's biggest, uh, you know, bugaboos or things about him was he didn't make halftime adjustments to win games and you see it with Dable. I mean, that game, they could not move the ball in the first half. And then all of a sudden they come out and it's, you know, obviously the D probably fired them up and everything, but that's a 20 point explosion, you know, right out exactly. of half against the number one D. So that's what got me the most excited Ju, congrats that your bills rock. We're going to be talking about them uh, mostly through the rest of the year. Cause lions are pretty much dead to rights unless they keep hiring, Old guys to come in to you know pick the new regime. That's all we're going to be able to talk about. <laughs> exactly. But, but otherwise, you know, I'm I'm full on Bills guy, and, and you know, until we're you know, till they win the Super Bowl uh, this year.
1: So and I have I have no issues talking about the Bills. So we're I done. didn't think so.
0: Like your background <laughs> is literally you playing running back for him right now. Um, okay. So moving into our picks from last week, uh, I am embarrassed to say my lock of the week, the saints at minus seven, it might even been seven and a half. I don't remember either way. They didn't cover it. Uh, I lost another mortgage payment. I don't, I might be evicted from my house here soon. I don't know how that game even happens. I don't know how Philadelphia with a rookie quarterback in Jalen hurts, uh, covers, let alone beats, the Saints, but that is any given Sunday. That is the NFL. I don't get it. It infuriated me. It ruined my Sunday. But again, I am 0 for 2, to on my lock of the week. So that's what happened with me.
1: <laughs> well, the, the Saints, you know, their biggest thing, you know, f- people don't understand Philadelphia has a pretty good defense. Yeah, the, only, the only issue is their offense is bad, that the defense is on the field so often that they get tired. And also too, there was not any film on, on Jalen hurts. So it was, it was tough to prepare for him. And he came and he, he played a great game. He, he took care of the football, except for that one fumble that he had, he protected the football. He, he made the safe throws and uh, Doug Peterson put him in very good positions to be successful. And it, and it worked.
0: Yeah. And happy for Jalen hurts, not happy for my bank account. Um, But the more exciting game was the game you picked. In my opinion, it was the game of the year um almost in any sport uh this was the most exciting game Uh, definitely NFL game of the year was uh Ravens at Browns your lock of the week was Browns money line another miss we are 0 for four. I just want everyone to know out there that you and me are 0 for 4 on our locks of the week Um, (laughs) not a good look Jay not a good look but hey that that Ravens Browns game that was a good one
1: yeah, you know, it was an exciting game, and um, at the end of the day, if you're a Browns fan, I know that that, that uh, loss was tough. It was, you know, it was gut-wrenching at the end with the way it happened, but you got to be excited for this Browns team. This is a Browns team that had the opportunity to play in primetime football because of what they've done throughout the season, and this is a, and you saw Baker Mayfield mature. That game, he had one b- bad pass early in the game, uh, a bad interception. But then after that, he took over. The run game was there. Kareem Hunt went off, and uh, Nick Chubb went off early. And um, you know, it's it's promising. If you're a Browns fan, you should be excited about that. And on the other side of things, if you're a Ravens fan you should be like, wow, this guy, they can turn it on. They can flip the switch and turn it on. Um, Lamar Jackson, you know, he was the Willis Reed of the game come running out of the locker room to save the game.
0: Yeah. And I agree with you. And I, you know, I, I will argue that I've never seen a team get more love uh, or appreciation in a loss than the Browns on this one. Um, I will give it to them. They played a hard fought game, you know, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, they did lose. And I've, I've, I've never seen, uh, an announcement crew, a media crew, like be more excited for a team losing a game just to hang in a game. Um, and I hope if the lions ever get there one day that we get that credit, it is a little bit of jealousy on a Detroit lions fan to watch the Browns turn the corner. Um, and there is a misconception throughout the NFL world that the Browns are the worst organization and the worst franchise in the NFL. And I am telling you without a doubt, Clear as day, it is the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are worse than the Browns as an organization, as a team. Historically, currently, throughout all of history, the Lions are worse. So I just wanted to just clear that up. The other thing too, uh, the internet seems to believe, and I'm on board with it, that Lamar uh, Jackson was 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 pooping. That's why he came out of the game and. Uh, you know, missed a little bit. We couldn't get a sideline report of why he was gone. It's still unclear of why he was out of the game. And if it's not unclear, I don't want to know why, unless it was that he was pooping, because I know he was pooping.
1: <laughs> I don't, th- I believe that he was cramping. I believe he was cramping and he, you know, like he, you know, they try to get it off on the sidelines there. Um, give him, um, give him some fluids, give him some salt. Uh, but I think he had to go in the locker room for an IV. Uh, and a just so yeah Yeah. Uh, just so he could get back out there but uh you know you know kudos to him man
0: yeah I'm glad he pinched it off and got back out there that was good um on that play when he rolled out number one I thought he was going to run I think the defense thought he was going to run too and when he pulled up to throw I was like no because number one I thought he was going to overthrow it because I didn't think he was going to have the touch to drop it in there. And then I saw it was going to Hollywood. I thought it was a drop for days because he had dropped like five. I think he had five drops in that game.
1: Yeah. uh, You know, Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood. I like, I like, (laughs) you gotta say like Hollywood, Hollywood Brown, (laughs) you know, great player speedster. Um, But you know, that's one of his downside of his game is um, you know, his, his drops. And it's, it's starting to become, you know, rare's head that, uh, you know that that's that's a fault of his he can't be depended upon for for those and uh, he was actually now i saw today he was put on the covid reserve list so hopefully he he can bounce back and get back out there for them cuz they are going to need these next couple games uh to get back to get a good seed um in the in the playoffs
0: yeah it was an amazing game and justin tucker is the greatest kicker in nfl history i think like he's definitely down. in that argument uh, it, like he's got an over a 90% uh, you know, uh, 90% make percentages. Nice, Frank, nice sentence, Frank, but he hits all his field goals is what I'm trying to say. And they flashed a stat that he's, uh, like five for five or four for four plus 50 in prime time. And then it said his career long was a 61. That 61 yarder was versus the Detroit lions on Monday night football, where I think he kicked uh, six field goals to beat us. We lost like 18 to, f- to 15. It was fucking ridiculous. Um, just another like awful Lions stat on that.
1: And a little uh, side note on Justin uh, Tucker. He's a hell of an opera singer. Is he really? Yeah.
0: That's wild. I didn't know that. Yeah. A little fun fact. That is very fun. That is very fun. That's what we do here. We like to have fun here. Okay. So now let's move in quickly to our locks of the week. No reason to overstate this. Um, I am going back to the well. Maybe this is why I'm not a good sports gambler. Maybe this is why my locks of the week are zero and two, but I am going to, for the third week in the row, uh, bet on the Pittsburgh Steelers who are going to Cincy with a huge line of minus 13. I just feel like they've kind of been written like now they're getting the narrative of they're overrated, um, which I don't think they are. Maybe their record is a little inflated, but I still think they're very good. And I think they just need to get back to the basics, reestablish their run game, and they just need to beat up on a team. And if the Steelers are going to beat up on a team, no better opponent than the last place Cincinnati Bengals. I got Steelers in Cincy covering minus 13. And it's not going to be close at all. The Steelers need to let out some energy and get back on, back on track.
1: That's a great pick. I picked Pittsburgh. I think they're going to be pissed off uh, after dropping two straight games. Mike Tomlin's going to have them ready to play.
0: Both in prime uh, time, both losses in prime time.
1: Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, I said, Pittsburgh's going to, Pittsburgh's going to crush it, cruise to a 38 to 12 victory. That's what I think. Is that your lock too? No, my lock is uh, my lock is, uh, the Eagles Cardinals games, Eagles plus six and a half. Wow.
0: They're they're in Arizona too, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they're in Arizona. And I'm taking Eagles plus six and a half.
0: Do you think they um, win that game or do you think they just cover? They're gonna win that game. Yep. Eagles are gonna beat Carol or sorry, Arizona in Arizona. Correct. So Jalen then, then Jalen Hurts Mania is gonna just flood. Exactly. He's internet. he's gonna
1: he's gonna ball out. He's gonna have a great game. Lock it in lock it do we, can we, do we have like a lock um sound effects we need to be
0: i can get that. that i can get that lock sound effect for sure i'll make it like a jail cell and like a cranking <laughs> safe yeah it'll get we'll yeah. get it dramatic so all right so let let's say it again and then we'll so so frank's lock of the week is the pittsburgh steelers at cincinnati minus 13 <laughs>
1: And J.U.'s lock of the week is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Arizona Cardinals plus six and a half.
0: There it is. Those are our locks of the week. Let's get into over-under. Okay, now that we have covered all of that, let's get into the final segment here, which is called over-under. If you've listened to this before, you obviously know what it is. But if you haven't, it is how we end every show. And what we do here is my buddy Jerry, who has now actually texted me and requested I stop calling him the fat joke accountant from Cleveland and actually call him a Cleveland Red Wings correspondent and over under aficionado, uh, maybe expert. I forgot exactly what he wanted me to call him, but he basically wants me to stop making fun of him so much. That will never happen. I will I will never completely stop making fun of Jerry, but he is the one who sends us this list of items. Uh, it's a list of 10 things. I've never seen the list before. It's in my email. I go through it. And then we tell you if that thing on the list is over or underrated. So you better put some respect on Jerry's name. Yeah, I'm. I'm slowly creating um, a friendship here too between Ju and Jerry. They're going to meet next week. We'll see how that goes. Um, but Jerry wants to be taken more seriously. And hey, he's he's always sent a great list of over unders, and he knows a lot about the Red Wings. So maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to show him the respect he deserves. All right. He always opens it with LGRW. That's what the email says. Now let's get into it. Number one on the list. I'll leave it off. Jay, you go second. Then we'll switch. Number one on the list. Number one, Sicil- Sicilian style pizza. So I'm not 100% positive what that is. Uh, I am Sicilian. I told you I'm more of an American than I am an Italian. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to pump this into the Google machine here just so I, th- I think I know what this is. Oh, Sicilian style. Oh, yeah. This is like spinjuni and stuff. You ever had spinjuni, Jay? No. <laughs> okay. It's pretty much pizza with uh, like breading over it with onions in it. But, Cici- ah. but Cici- Sicilian style pizza, it's like tough to say, um, is like a thicker pizza. And it's like what you'd get at like, I don't know if you've been to like a Buscemi's or a Bomberito's around here, but it's kind of like that thick pizza that's like.
1: Kind of reminds me of like lunchroom pizza.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to say that's underrated because I love pizza and I am Sicilian. So by law, I have to say that this is underrated. And I actually do think it's underrated. I kind of like that local East side of Michigan style pizza.
1: Uh, I think that's uh, overrated.
0: I think that's a normal take. A lot of people don't like it as much as I do, but I grew up on it and it's just in my blood. Yeah.
1: So Sicilian style pizza for me, is overrated.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'm going to say it's under. All right. Number two kino this one's on you kino
1: uh yeah uh that's the the game where you pick the numbers right yeah uh, in new york we call it quick draw oh okay and, and uh my wife uh got addicted to playing quick draw because <laughs> we went to the finger lakes for our anniversary and we went to this little dive bar after dinner we're just walking around went to the dive bar and so i was like oh let's just so we Played 20 bucks worth and we picked a number. She picked number eight. That's her number. I picked number 30, mm-hmm. obviously. And uh, we ended up winning like 180 bucks. No way. And then yeah, so every time that we'll go so she'll be like, "Oh, they have a quickie." I I was like, "No, we're not playing." She never <laughs> like she never played after that. But every time she got the urge because the first time she ever played, she won. So yeah. that's why she was so excited about it. But um, I say yeah, that that's a that's an overrated uh, that's an underrated game. I like it. It's
0: underrated. I'm surprised you haven't played since because normally when you win the first time, you're hooked for life. Um, at least that was me with gambling. Like I won the first time I ever played, and I just never looked back. Keno is like the tame PG-13 form of gambling at a dive bar. Uh, there, How could I ever say this is overrated? Kino's is underrated. Uh, and, you know, it's fun to just throw, watch the numbers bounce around. Why not gamble while you're sitting there doing nothing?
1: Exactly. Drinking some beer and just, you know, wishful thinking, hoping a number pops up. And then when it does come up, you hope that wheel goes and it's like times eight or something like that. And you can, you know, hit the mother load and you can turn around and say, Next round's on me for everybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I I have never seen that wheel hit anything but one X um, (laughs) ever in my life. So, right, um, and I'm always picking number 19 since we're talking about numbers. Okay. Number three on the list, going downtown to ice skate. Um, downtown can be wherever your downtown is. And I'll tell you one thing in Detroit, it's very underrated, uh, downtown Detroit right now while empty, because of the pandemic breaks my heart, breaks my heart to pieces. Actually, uh, the city looks so beautiful right now, uh, between the city and all the companies down there paying for all the lighting, the ice rink, uh, they have like the little huts set up, you know, they're all being unused right now, but that's not going to be what it's like forever going downtown to ice skate is, is highly Highly underrated. It's a lot of fun to explore the city and skate in the winter.
1: Um, You know, I think this is very uh, underrated as well, uh, because I'm a sucker for those Hallmark Christmas movies. (laughs) You know, I see because I envision myself, you know, going, you know, ice skating, have a nice scarf on with the mittens on. And, you know, afterwards, we're sitting somewhere drinking some hot chocolate and just, being happy and just full of the fuzzies
0: the fuzzies yeah just overwhelmingly fuzzies and skating downtown definitely adds to the to the fuzzies and uh yeah I, I love it i absolutely love it um so both underrated on that one number four uh we actually talked about this a little bit of course we did uh the lion's newest hire chris bielman
1: oh god highly 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 overrated.
0: Yeah. I mean, I got to go with overrated too, just based on your opinion. Um, I mean, I don't think it's underrated. He is until he proves me wrong. I'm going to give him a shot. Like I said, like I'm not going to write him off and say he sucks, but you know, you have to pick over or underrated and you got to go with overrated here. He has no experience doing this. Definitely. Number five, David Hasselhoff. Um, David Hasselhoff. I'm going to say, fuck it. I'm just going to go with underrated. I don't know much about him. Um, I know he's the Baywatch guy uh, like big hunk from back in the day, kind of like a legend, kind of like a myth, you know? I, and I think he was in like the latest animated SpongeBob movie. In fact, I know that. I don't know why I'm saying I, I think he was in it. <laughs> so I'm just going to say he's underrated. Kind of seems like a legend.
1: Oh yeah. I think David Hasselhoff is definitely underrated. He's an actor. He's a singer. He's big in Japan. You know, you go overseas, <laughs> everyone knows David Hasselhoff. And you know, you said, don't hassle the Hoff. Oh, he I like has that. shirts made for that. Uh, There's the drunken when he's eating a cheeseburger on the phone and just absolutely hammered.
0: <laughs> Definitely underrated. Yeah, don't hassle the hoff. I really, really enjoy that. Yeah, I would love to be David Hasselhoff. That'd be cool. Um, okay, next on the list, I think this is UJ uh, Sports Center. Oh,
1: Sports Center, it's, it's, it's right now, I would say it's, it's uh, overrated now. Uh, there's so many sports uh, shows out there. It's, it doesn't have the mystique that it used to have back in the day. It doesn't have the cool announcers, you know, dropping cool lingos and everything like they used to have back in the day. Now, sports centers on, you know, back to back to back to back. And uh, it's, it's a bit much. So I think it's very uh, it, it, it's not very, but I just say it's overrated right now.
0: Yeah, that's verbatim exactly what I think, except the last part. You could have kept very, you could have kept very in there for me. Sports Center has completely fallen off uh, and died for me. Like as a kid, there was nothing better than getting up, watching all the sports highlights. Uh, I'd watch it three times in a row sometimes, and I thought those announcers were the coolest people in the world. I wanted to be one of those people. Um, you know, Stuart Scott, Scott Van Pelt. Oh, uh, what was the what was the. Uh, I mean, Steve Levy. Um, I liked, I loved all these guys. I thought they were absolute, uh, John Bouchergross was the hockey guy. I thought they were all cool. Then sports center got away from strictly showing highlights and doing cool commentary on the highlights. They got a little more political. They got a little more deep with everything. Um, and they just got, I felt like a little too full of themselves. Uh, I was there to watch sports and talk sports. And I feel like it got, it got a little too political for, my liking and now I can't stand to watch it anymore today so I think it's highly overrated today Boom, double overrated yeah sorry sports center figure it out um number seven going to the mall to Christmas shop uh this is me this is overrated this is the thing I don't like about Christmas is uh going to the mall to Christmas shop because that is where you see the bad side of Christmas where it's very materialistic and people are rude and the hustle and bustle and the running around. That's just not worth it uh, for Christmas. So going to the mall to shop for Christmas is extremely overrated. I've never enjoyed it. Uh, for me, I would have to say
1: that is extremely highly, highly underrated. Under. Also got, yes, definitely. Up until last year, obviously you can't do it this year. You can do it this year, but I'm not doing it this year. Is because I would love to go to the mall and I had a thing that I would wait till Christmas Eve day to go do my Christmas shopping. Just so I feel that pressure that I might (laughs) not get the gift and just be under the gun a little bit, you know, having that little, like, you know, the chills and the the sweats almost, but I just (laughs) love going to the mall. I used to love going to the mall the day, the day of Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve day. And, Picking out a gift from somebody being like, man, you know, this is something that I see this person, you know, really like it and that that gives me the fuzzies.
0: That's good. I'm glad you enjoy it. The, the only time I really like enjoyed like holiday shopping was me and my family used to go to Chicago after Christmas every year and we would shop Michigan Avenue and it was like a beautiful winter shopping wonderland. Um, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that, but not what you just described, but I appreciate <laughs> your perspective of giving yourself the sweats on Christmas Eve. I appreciate that. <laughs> Number eight, uh, Jambal- uh, Jambalaya. A New Orleans dish.
1: Oh, I think you're, oh, I'm up. You're up. Uh, so yeah, jambalaya. That is um, actually something that I would say is underrated. I don't think as Americans, we eat enough jambalaya. And we need to, and especially if it's done right. You know, you do a little jambalaya. You have, you have some, you put some crab in there. You put, oh, you can't beat it. It's, it's definitely underrated. We need to eat more jambalaya.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's like, uh, it's like seafood you know, southern seafood chili kind of deal. Like it rocks. You can put like anything. Dude, in that's it. a
1: great way of putting it. <laughs> southern seafood chili. Yeah, that is it right there.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, you know, in the Midwest, we love chili. You know, it's just like the same thing, but just with like better food, better seafood.
1: So underrated for underrated for me. Hands yeah, down. Yeah,
0: underrated for sure. I love jambalaya. Number nine. Uh, <laughs> uh jerry funny guy wrote deadlifts frank probably needs to sit this one out um yeah you're right <laughs> yeah i mean that's fair i don't think jerry's fat ass is doing deadlifts either but um yeah i mean i've probably you put done, some respect on jerry's name relax you're gonna get to know him and you're gonna be agreeing <laughs> with me a lot more but uh I, I yeah i've probably done maybe 10 deadlifts in my life i could do without it i don't need to deadlift anything these days Uh, My podcast, I don't need to, I don't, I don't, I have no reason to deadlift. So overrated as fuck.
1: Uh, Deadlifts are definitely underrated. Uh, For me, I was a lower body strength guy. Uh, My lower body was a lot, you know, stronger than my upper body. And so I could go in there, deadlift, you know, deadlift a baby elephant, squat a baby elephant. So um, deadlifts are definitely underrated. And it's something that uh, you, you look at these bodybuilders, you look at these tough guys, they're like very top heavy. They got these small legs and, you know, and so, you know, more people need to do more deadlifts, strengthen your your glutes, your quads, your back. I could keep going on and on how underrated deadlifts are.
0: The legs feed the wolf number 10 exactly <laughs> number 10 eggnog eggnog um who's oh this is you eggnog yeah yeah eggnog
1: that's a that's that's highly overrated I just don't like for me it's like just I don't know I just have a phobia of like in my head it's like raw eggs in there and everything <laughs> like that I I've I've never had it so and I will not have it so it's overrated for me
0: um yeah i'm gonna go with overrated as well strictly because i have i'm now that we're i'm actually thinking about eggnog um i have bought it probably the last two or three (laughs) years in like a little half gallon and every year around the new year or a week after i am dumping i am cracking that open and dumping it down the sink because (laughs) i never touch it my (laughs) wife never touches it no one wants it i just get it because i feel like you're supposed to have it And I dump it out every year because I too have, I think, an irrational fear that there's just like, there's like an egg floating in there.
1: Right. Exactly. So no eggnog's overrated for me. All
0: right. Well, that will do it for over under and the show. Let's recap Sicilian style pizza. I said underrated. Jay said over Keno, both of us underrated going downtown to ice skate, underrated lions, newest hire, hire Chris Spielman overrated. Number five, David Hasselhoff, underrated across the board. Sports Center, highly overrated for me and overrated for Jay as well. Overrated across the board. Number seven, going to the mall to Christmas shop. I said this was overrated. Jay likes to make himself all sweaty on Christmas Eve and somehow views that as a positive. So that's underrated for him. J- Jamb- Jambalaya, uh, the Southern Seafood Chili, underrated for both of us. Nine deadlifts. I don't do them. JU loves them. I think they're overrated. He says they're underrated. And eggnog, we both have an irrational fear that there's eggs floating in the NOG. It is overrated. And that is the conclusion of Fizz episode 48. Don't forget to write a review and rate this on iTunes if that's where you are listening. Follow, subscribe, tell your friends, everything in between. We appreciate you guys listening. And we can't wait for next week. Peace out.